Watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? Stupendous. I don't know know what else you were going to say, because I can't imagine you'd be like, I'm stupid. Spectacular. No, because I got the surreptitious. You're using a different letter. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Stupendous. That's good to hear. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. No, I mean, I'm good. Here we are. I'm going to drink one of these uh, Topo Chico hard seltzers. These are so good. Uh, They had them at Costco for like... 30 bucks for the 24 pack. I'm a little disappointed that the ranch water hasn't made a comeback yet because that stuff was... That's why it's hard to find. I need to get some one out. The ranch Rita's got me like lit. Yeah, man. You drink like eight of them and you're like, these are not 4%. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Nope, but otherwise otherwise good. I went and saw Hamilton with my family last night, which was fantastic and a great evening. Um, I uh, did have a slight uh, food... Preparation incident this week, and I cut uh, a, a significant chunk of my finger. Nail. Finger and nail uh, off, and then I replaced it on my finger, and I put tape and uh, about a tube of Neosporin on there, and it has all reattached. It has all reattached, and it is in the process of healing. However, the nail is, like, increasingly precarious. Yeah. You should just hit it with glue, man. That would have been a better answer than putting the nail back on. Yeah, it probably well, it it was like a big flap of like flesh and nail, and so it just kind of super glue, and then a bunch of neosporin and and called it a day. I I think it's gonna. I think the finger, the piece of finger, is gonna make it. So, uh, but yeah, that's how I am, Andrew. How are you? I am great. I am going into week two of vacation. Mm -hmm. I have spent a couple days out in the woods chasing after four-legged critters and it has been terrific seen a lot of good stuff obviously haven't sealed the deal yet but it is only (laughs) a matter of time (laughs) that's that's the story of my life yeah i just i never (laughs) sealed the deal there's many pending deals yeah (laughs) many pending deals yeah it's good so you know I, i love having time off that's like I mean, I love taking time off. That's one of the cool parts of my job is I can take mm-hmm. a lot of time off, but I can't take big chunks of time off very frequently. Right. So this is like my one long vacation a year. So yeah. I have two full uninterrupted weeks. She's just, well, it was partially interrupted, but that's neither here nor there. I'm a, <laughs> here you are. Yeah. Uh, I'm a bit jealous of you. Uh, yeah. I feel like I could use a two-week vacation right now. I'm, I'm doing it. I got, to go, I got to go watch Oregon beat BYU while I was getting paid to do it. Yeah. And it was great. We hung out at the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what's nice about tonight? That it's not just us. It, it It's nice that it is roughly 9 o'clock and it's an appropriate hour for us to be drinking hard seltzers. Uh, and, and frankly, it's just nice that it's not 5 o'clock in the morning. Truth. Because in some place in the world, specifically in Edinburgh, it is... Just a little bit after five o'clock in the morning, which is a time that I would not be awake. However, our guest, our guest today has decided, A, that this is an important enough event for him to be out of bed and, and B, just to be awake at five o'clock. 
Mr. Tom Clements, you you returned to us. We're very thankful. Tom Clements of Clements Watches, how the heck are you? Morning, guys. Uh, yeah, really good. Um, thankfully, I'm uh, you know well versed at waking up at this time of the morning. Uh, for uh, as you know, when we last met, I do bat surveys quite frequently, so <laughs> not opposed to waking up this time of the the morning for for work. But uh, yeah, I've just finished my cup of tea and now made a kind of weird transition to some whiskey. I don't know if it's going to work out. I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> it's um, going to work great. <laughs> it's going to work great. Uh, the amount of times that I have drinking whiskey at at five o'clock in the morning, I'm sure I could count in one hand, and I think that none of those occurred after asleep. Yeah, well, I, I was only asleep for uh, for a handful of hours, so I'm I'm thinking of it more as a, a kind of a, a quick nap, and now I'm now I'm powering through. So. Oh, oh, this is power hour. I like <laughs> yeah. it. I like it. That's a good that's, way to look at this. This is the rally that we're witnessing right now. Yeah. Well, you look fantastic, by the way. Yeah, I don't roll Thanks out of bed looking much. like that. No. You, oh no, not nor do I. <laughs> Tom, we've we've asked you to come back. We've asked you to come back because you're and and I I, I feel like I, I always feel like I'm gonna mess it up. But you're photic, 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 yes, photic diver has been a smash success. You've sold a bazillion of them. Exactly a bazillion, too. We checked the numbers. And so you have decided to bless us with some new colors of this watch. And we wanted to call you and talk to you about this. Tell us what you're doing, what you're thinking, what's going on with the company, and what's going on with these new Photic Divers. Yes. Yeah, so um, it's been a bit of a whirlwind, to be honest, and actually kind of crept up on me but just last week marked the one year anniversary of when we first started trying to fund Clements watches to make it a reality there were years prior to that spent at the drawing board making making kind of prototypes and, and getting getting to work but yeah the, the company's kind of been fully fledged now for 12 months and I can't quite believe it's only been that long it, it feels like far far longer um, and uh, and and i mean that in a in a really good way i just can't believe i packed in so much learning and development for both myself and also the company's perspective over such a short space of time um so yeah we produced our watches the photic diver our kind of first inaugural piece and that got shipped out to everybody that kind of pre-ordered their pieces back in uh, back in March this year that's when folks first started to receive them and you know when when you put your heart and soul into a into a watch into a project into anything really in life you always hope that it's going to be well received mm. um i don't think anything could have prepared me for quite how well the photic was received by our customers you know i I toiled over the design of this piece and obviously the the quality the fit and the finish everything every single part that makes it special I, I toiled over um and it's just fantastic to have heard all the feedback from our owners now uh, quite often comparisons were being made against this kind of sub 500 pound watch to pieces that are two three even six times the price of right. this and i say price not value because we all know we make the value um but that was something that i just couldn't really get over you know my 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 photo diver, the humble photic, was being compared to the likes of Tudor Black Bay 58 and and beyond. And 
that was a great feeling. So <clears throat> fast forward a, a few more months, we sold out and we kind of got to thinking, you know, what's what's a phase two? What do we do next? Um, and what we did when we started to make the photic, we had a very clear strategy in mind was that we wanted to develop the line, just not, not kind of just willy-nilly, you know, making whatever we fancied, but we wanted to be somewhat focused, but experiment as, as quickly as we could with what we were putting out there. And so when we made the photic, we actually made a surplus of um, cases, crystals, all the parts that make the watch with the exception of the movement. Um, and what that meant is that financially we're able to be more nimble um, by not splurging on movements we didn't need at that stage. Yeah. And we're able to put that into R&D of these new, really interesting colorways that we're here to talk about today. Um, and that's what we're kind of, oh, can't believe it's, it's here already, but we're going to be releasing them on Saturday, the 24th of September. So just a few days away now. Um, and what we've done is we've created five new colorways. And if you've seen the photo diver range before, it's a fairly conservative palette. So we've got uh, the Abyss Black, which you guessed it, plain black. We've got the Atoll Blue, which is the kind of iridescent blue color. And then we've got the namesake of the range, the Photic Diver. Now that is a gradient fume dial that goes from a deep blue to black at the edges of the dome dial and then into our sapphire, uh, dome sapphire bezel, which is also black. Um, and yeah, we're, we're expanding. So these five new colorways, Three of them are entering what we're calling the, the core collection. So mm. they're all made under the Clements banner. And then two of them are being made in collaboration with our watchmakers, Horologium, who are a British-based watchmaker um, in, in England. And so I'll kind of, I'll lead with the, the new entries to the core collection, then I'll, I'll quickly kind of dive into the, into the collab because that's where it gets a bit more juicy. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Can so, I just say for the for the record yeah. before before you get here for the record uh I I'm, I'm I want to steal some of your thunder because I think and and you may just have to start here because I'm going to say the word I think anemone That's not uh, how you say that uh, word. See uh, anemone anemone Am I close? I think it's hard to say and a fantastic name <laughs> for a watch. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll dive in with the, with the anemone. Um, that was, um, that's our take on what we're seeing kind of becoming a bit more of a prevalent color in, in, in the space, you know, purple seems to be the hot new color. So it does, forget about yeah. Tiffany. I think folks are, are leaning towards something a bit more audacious these days and kind of a bit about me, you know, my, my personal style, my personal kind of color palette things that i gravitate towards i'm pretty kind of relaxed and laid back in terms of the the colors i'm attracted to i don't tend to go for the for the brighter brighter ones um and it's really important to me as as you know the brand owner to be putting out watches that i love mm -hmm. heart and soul i love like you know so when i looked at the a lot of these purple dials that were being put out to my personal taste, they were just a, a bit too much, you know, and I just, I wanted to find a way to, to just knock it back slightly. And that's where the anemone came from. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys have got the same species in the States, but certainly in the rocky shores of the UK, um, you find some clean water and you look down and, and there's a lot of anemones and they're kind of comes in all different colors and shapes, but there's this one that's a 
kind of fantastic dusty low saturation purple hue and mm. that's exactly what we've tried to achieve with this color um i would say that all of the colors in the core collection so these new th these three new colors they've all got a fume dial so they all go from a a light shade to a slightly darker shade not mm -hmm. black which is quite common kind of for fumes that tend to go from a color to black we tried to be really subtle and gentle in that effect and we've applied it over a matte dial so sometimes when it's applied over a kind of sunburst or glossy dial you can lose the graduation of that transition yeah we've kept it simple really clean matte dial so you can just really enjoy that color fade and then each of these three pieces is also set off by what we're kind of considering now a, a signature part of the design of the photodiode, which is our bronze gilt accents. Mm -hmm. So that's on the hands and on the applied indices. And it just catches the light in such a fantastic way, giving all of these colorways just a, a wonderful warmth. Um, so yeah, that's that's anemone. Uh, and then there's there's two others. So there's there's kelp, which you could probably guess is green and mm -hmm. uh, we had to make a green that was kind of by by popular demand really when we were mm -hmm. when we were initially prototyping watches we came up with a green render and people absolutely loved it and so we wanted to give the people what they want and more importantly i wanted to make something that i really wanted to make because yeah. I, yeah. I was disappointed we couldn't make it in the first stage um so i'm really pleased that we've managed to make it happen this time around and yeah, once again, it's this kind of knocked back, low saturation green tone, um, which I just can't get enough of. And then it's it's color matched as well with a with our domed sapphire bezel, which is taking on this this great green hue. And then last but not least is the imaginatively named reef dial, which is perhaps going to be my kind of go-to, I think, for uh, an upcoming holiday that I've got in, in a couple of months, which I'm very excited for. I'm imagining tropical beaches, a little bit of diving, um, some evenings spent watching tropical sunsets, you know, just kind of really taking it easy and chilling out. And, and that's what the reef for me embodies. I've actually got a, a very particular, very special memory that... Uh, just it just really plays on I, I was it was a few years ago now i was it was after a day spent surfing on a pretty much deserted beach in nicaragua and i was sat with my better half allison drinking a beer watching the sunset and nice yeah you just pulled it up on screen <laughs> <laughs> yeah um we were watching the sunset and you know just kind of it couldn't have been more picture perfect several dolphins the first dolphins i'd ever seen in my life just jumping over the horizon as the sun set and, and that's what I feel like the reef embodies that kind of laid back tropical vibe and yeah it's it's a great doll and I we're, we're describing it as a sun-drenched terracotta it's kind of it looks like it's been left out in the sun but not to the point where it's a fotina it's an intentional crisp looking dial but it's just got a nice nice gentle warmth to it yeah, so you mentioned something, you, you, you know, well, you, you mentioned that these are matte, uh, matte dials, which, which give you the opportunity to, to observe that full color transition. Um, I, I do think, I think sometimes when you see these uh, ombre or, you, you know, graduated gradient dials that 
the if they're too shiny or if the texture is too pronounced or 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 worse both it, <laughs> it can get garish right um it can get garish and a little bit clumsy um and and it seems that you've gone gone the other direction with these to to really it, it's not subtle it's not subtle uh it, it's it's there and and distinct but it it almost feels like it's a play a play of the light um in certain on certain angles looking in particular so you a few days ago posted um or, or this is today you posted the anemone uh and and there's two pictures you you posted one kind of in an angle which some reflection on the crystal uh and certainly on the bezel and then one more of a top down um which really for me was it's telling the color looks different different light obviously different posing but you really get an idea of how that's going to play in in real life as you're wearing it and it feels like that first picture which is at an angle sort of more of a lifestyle angle i guess um you you can almost it, it it almost looks like perhaps that darker portion of the gradient is caused by by the the actual watch the dimension of the watch it's sort of dimensional without being over the top these are pretty neat uh i'm i'm, I'm really pleased that you like them thanks um yeah no the the, the kind of going for matte on the on the dial it, it was a real test of restraint i'll be honest i thought to myself so many times you know should i add should i add a sunburst should i add a texture should i add something but actually seeing them now in their in their most paired back form I, i'm so pleased with with how they've come out and yeah you're, you're right you know in different light these these colors look so so different and you know that makes sense different colors render differently in different lights but i'm still learning what these watches look like because I haven't worn them yet. I'm keeping them pristine for photos and, and things like that at yeah. the moment. Um, in fact, the first time anyone's going to have hands-on with them is going to be uh, at World Time UK, which is an event we're exhibiting out on the 24th. And we can chat about that shortly. But at the moment, I'm still kind of figuring out what they look like in different lights. And when I put those two photos side by side and scrolled through the carousel, I, I, I was kind of astounded at how different they looked and wondered for a moment, you know, have I done something weird here with the editing? But I went back and checked the raw files and know that, you know, that's, that's how they were rendered. And it's, uh, it's, it's just, a, it's just amazing how, how it plays with the light. And, and to your point about the distortion and, and the darkening towards the edges, I think it's perhaps, um, made even more pronounced by, it's not the crystal because there's actually exceptionally low distortion from the crystal but it's it's those gently domed edges that we've built into the edge of the dial that mm -hmm. i think kind of really give it that extra dimension yeah you almost didn't have to darken the edge because just the sh the natural <laughs> shadow that occurs through the the dome of that of the of the dial re really highlights that black edge and creates this cool color pop on these dials the, yeah. the transition of the of, of the anemone, which I think I've actually been saying wrong my entire life. I thought there was a second N. An anemone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how I think I said it. That's yeah. That's I've no. I don't know if I've ever seen the word written. Tom, tell us quickly uh, about your horologium horologium, another word that I'm not going to be able to say. Uh, <laughs> collaboration. 
yeah, it's a, it's a minefield of pronunciation today, but that's okay. Um, yeah, so the, the final two colorways that we're doing are in collaboration with our watchmakers, Horology. Um, and a little bit about background about horology you know they're a they're a husband and wife founded company based here in the uk um raphael and raquel um are, are the name of the co-founders and yeah, raphael those two <laughs> right? people meet like sorry this i don't care if you like me but we gotta get married <laughs> absolutely yeah um yeah no R R raphael is 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 a guy that i first met coming up to probably about two years ago now and I was trying to find a, a way to elevate the photic diver to make it more special at this at this stage of the game. This was two years back. And he suggested, you know, let's let's work together, let's see if we can do something. And we kicked around the idea. And that's when we decided that the photic diver Clements watches were all going to be assembled in the UK. Fast forward several kind of months, years, whatever. Um and <laughs> Raphael <laughs> Yeah, it really does. <clears throat> Raphael and, and I are talking on the phone and and um we're, we're chatting and he says to me you know Tom and I don't think he'll mind me saying this um but he he basically told me and it sounds like I'm gloating and maybe I'm a little bit <laughs> that, that the dials the hands the quality of these pieces in particular were head and shoulders above anything he'd ever seen at this price point and you know, I feel like I know watches, but Raphael really knows watches. You know, he he's an absolute expert. He's a Swiss trained watchmaker. He's been working in watches, putting them together, servicing them all of his life. His background professionally, he used to work in the kind of servicing and assembly department and team in New York City for Tiffany or Tiffany's. Um, and then some years later went on to work for Braemont in the UK. So he's got some serious chops, um, Raphael, and, and really knows what what he's talking about and, and moreover can really compare our watches what we're doing to pieces that are kind of multiples in terms of the cost yeah so when he said that i was kind of like wow that's that's a huge tick in the box for me in terms of the decisions that we've made the manufacturing partners that we've chosen to work with and everything else that, that comes with it so he said you know yes this is one of the the, the kind of the best pieces i've seen at this price point but I haven't bought it because I want it in white and black. Mm. <laughs> and um, this was around the time where I was thinking about what was going to happen in stage two, playing around with these new colorways. And so we kind of kicked around the idea. We were like, you know, let's let's make that happen. Let's make your dream watch, Raphael. Um, let's make that white and black. Um, so we did some renders, we kicked around a couple of ideas and fast forward a, a few more months in the kind of design process and the Orca, which is what we're calling it, was was created and it's a, it's a simple new version of the Photic Diver, which mm -hmm. has a crisp white dial, it's flat matte, so really low reflection, just absorbs all of the light with these polished black markers and hands and it looks so fresh. I love it. Um, and <laughs> Raphael, I think, you know, uh, when we're going through the design process again, you know, I, I feel like I speak to Raphael more frequently than I, than I do my family. And, and I don't know <laughs> if that's wrong or right, but it's, it's certainly made for a good working relationship. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, just a bit about that, being able to speak with Raphael on a, on a, on a daily basis and, and having a, several phone calls a week, it's, 
that's one of the values that I think having our watches assembled here in the UK brings. And I don't think I appreciated just how important that was going to be until we got this far in the game. Um, you know, it, it's it's not common for, for micro brands, certainly at the beginning, to have their manufacturing and, and assembly outsourced entirely and, and to not necessarily have a point of contact that they can speak with, not only by email, but also directly on the phone in, in the same language, in a common language. And being able to have that with Raphael has been so valuable. And actually, just a, just a quick kind of story about how that was how that's demonstrated. Um, going back to when we first received the dials of, of the colorways, Raphael and I um, had a phone call. The dials had arrived. I went to the workshop to go and check them out. And uh, Raphael had separated out a bunch that he didn't think passed muster. So he thought these these dials are not good enough to go into a photo tick. These ones are. And he sat me down and said, look, here's a loop. Here's some finger cuts. Check them out. Take a few minutes. See what you think. And I was looking at the, the rejects, um, apparently. <laughs> and I've got a good eye for detail. I mean, um, Everett, you'll know this. Designing a watch, you, you need to be incredibly painstakingly detail-orientated to the point where you're quibbling over 0.01 of a millimeter um, becomes a, a pretty kind of common point of contention and, and discussion. Um, and I was looking over these dials, and after a few minutes, I just had to turn to Raphael and said, can you tell me where the problems are? Because I cannot see them, <laughs> mm. even with a loop. Um, and the, the, the imperfections were, were microscopic, and he would point them out to me, sure enough, there was a... Uh, an, an imperfection that was smaller than a speck of dust. And he was saying, you know, this is what elevates a watch from being 500 pound, generally speaking, at, at retail, worth 500 to kind of getting close to double that. Um, these types of QC measures. Um, and so we we had the stock to play with. We we had the opportunity to, to put the very best pieces out there. So that's what we did. Um, so anyway going back to, to the collaboration. Um, we figured out what we wanted to do with the Orca and I was playing around with some more renders and threw up this new color. And I was so excited, literally, it, after having put it on the dial within a several minutes, I had to call up Raphael and just say, man, we, we need to make this happen. We have to make this colorway. And this is, this is what we're calling the Nemo. Um, Thankfully, Raphael agreed, and that formed the second part of our collaborative efforts. So the Nemo is what we're describing again. It's it's kind of, it's not quite orange, it's not quite yellow, it's somewhere in between. Somebody described it to me the other day as iced mango, which I think fits. Um, sure, sure. But it, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it looks like a normal orange dial that, once again, you know, it's it was maybe printed in the 70s. And it's been left to just kind of gently mellow. And that's the color that I think we've achieved. Um, and for me, it just gives that slight air of understatedness that I, I'm really attracted to and has probably caused me in the past to swerve away from buying brighter colored dars such as an orange or a yellow. Um, and yeah, it's, it's looking fantastic. So they're the colorways, but that's not all that we're doing for the collab. You know, we wanted to really flex the horological skills that we have shared between us. And what that meant was that Raphael 
and his team of watchmakers are taking every single movement that's going to go into a collab photic and they're going to regulate it in four positions to an average accuracy of minus two plus three which to contextualize that the standard kind of accepted accuracy of a Miota 9039, which is what we put in our photic divers, is minus 10 plus 30. Yeah. So that gulf has been shrunk hugely. And to have the confidence in the in the regulation though that's being done by an expert in not in-house, but kind of co-house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, if it's just a collab, it's, just it's in-house. Yeah. Their, their yeah, name's okay. on it too. Yeah, that's a, that's a collaborative. That's in-house <laughs> shit right there. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're so excited that, that Raphael and, and, the, and Raka, uh, Raquel and the team are being able to do this for us. Um, and then, you know, we wanted to elevate it even more. And so to do that, we're offering every single collab piece. Um, we're doing away with the traditional boxes that we've used in the past for the collab pieces. And we're just sending them up plain and simple in one of our... Uh, bespoke custom uh, leather travel pouches, which um, which is embellished embol- embellished with the uh, the Clements logo. So it's it's um, it's a really exciting collaboration, and for such a small company to be doing it at this stage, um, I I couldn't be more excited about it. And and what's more is it's two independent British watchmakers working together and hopefully helping to elevate the industry together. That's dope. I love that colorway. That that orange is. Every time I've looked at it, I've been like, man, I I could get down with that because I don't want NASA orange. I don't want banana yellow. This is that perfect medium. It's warm, but it's bright. Yeah, that's a that's a killer color. That's. A I'm so glad you guys like it. Thank yeah. you, Tom. <clears throat> you've now you're now a year in you've sold exactly a bazillion watches um obviously still a baby company in many ways right uh you've you've um made a big statement but there's obviously a lot to do for clement's watches uh which is both probably uh, incredibly exciting and daunting. Um, w- what have you learned in the last year? Um, you, you know, and and that is to say, besides everything, w- what have been the biggest things you've learned about the industry, or perhaps watchmaking, or perhaps our our customer base? What have been the things, perhaps, that were surprising to you, um, being someone who has appreciated watches for many many years and? Um, has decided to do this thing. What, what's been the biggest takeaway? Gosh, I mean, there, there's so many. And and how do you consolidate 12 months? Or I mean, really, it's it's more, looking more like 36 months now, of of learning in, into a into a few points. But I'll I'll do my best. Um, I suppose top of the list has to be good things take time. You know, mm-hmm. um, you you can't rush a process if you want to come out with the absolute optimum best result. And I think that's been my kind of approach from the get-go. You know, it, it would have been easy for us to pump out a generic looking watch using uh, um, kit parts from that just 
you know, existed from from previous runs from other manufacturers kind of taking the glory of, of their designs and shoving them into into our watch with our own name on the dial. That that's easy. Coming up with a custom design, something that's original, something that's yours, and something that for me I can put my name on and know that in 30, 40 years I'll look back on with a ginormous sense of pride. That takes time. And so I haven't rushed this process. Uh, I've meticulously chosen the right people to work with. I think that's perhaps the second most important thing that I've learned is surrounding yourselves with the absolute best people that you can find in the industry. And I mean that both in terms of folks that you work with who are making the products for you or indeed assembling them, testing them, quality controlling them for you. Um, but also people like yourselves, you know, we we didn't make this kind of connection by accident. Uh, we, we first started talking, uh, gosh, summer last year now, I think it was. Um, and mm-hmm. that, 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 that was a connection that, that came about through several other people. You know, I think it was Will, or AKA Daddy to you guys, mm-hmm. uh, that introduced <laughs> us. And it was, it was Mike of, of, of the former Clicker family that introduced me to Will. So, you know, making these connections with, with people that have share your passion, but also have kind of a genuine interest in what it is that you're doing. Um, and it's, and it, it, it goes beyond skin deep. You know, these people have got, um, a really, you know, years and years of fascination in watchmaking, whether it's from a podcast perspective, a, a journalist perspective, assembly, manufacturing, whatever, um, you know, surround yourself with people who know and can understand what it is that you're talking about and really appreciate it um is a is a great way to keep yourself sane for one yeah. <laughs> um but it's also it's just a, it's been it's been incredibly rewarding um truth be told uh I've, I've absolutely loved it and 12 months of of having the photic diver officially kind of out there from from pre-orders through to fruition and, and now phase two where we're coming up to, to launching these new colorways in, in just a few days and um, it's it's an experience i wouldn't trade for anything and i think that with the skills and experience that i've collected over that time and also the, the folks that i've managed to connect with means that we're only going to do bigger and better things going forward and i can't, just can't wait to share it with everyone well, on that, are are you are you in a position that you'd be willing to share some of the the next things that we're gonna see? Yeah, I am. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, it's still in early stages. The uh, there's there's no kind of official content out there at the moment on on this piece, but our next piece is going to be a field watch. We've got a holding name for it at the moment that I will keep under wraps for now. Um, but it's it's the piece that second to the photic, I I'm missing from my collection. You know, that that was that was the kind of the genesis versus starting mm-hmm. Clemens watches was filling finding ways to to fill those gaps in terms of what it was that we felt was perfect. Um, for me, it's and perfect is a very subjective and personal thing, but that's 
what led me to create the photic and that's what leading that's what's leading me to create our next piece it's 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 being designed and created not through necessity to drive the, the clements brand forward but through my desire to create my vision of 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 the perfect field watch um and it's going to have very similar architecture in many ways to the photic diver but as i said we're going to take what we've learned the connections that we've made over the last however many months years and we're going to implement that and the next piece is going to have some refinements some modifications um and possibly we're still undecided but we might toy with some slightly higher end shall we say um movements we'll see we'll see how that goes um but yeah it's it's early days yet and i can't say too much because I don't want to disappoint anybody if 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 things change but the next piece is 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 going to be special and actually it it brings quite nicely on to what we're going to be talking about later and I, I won't spoil that for anyone but um when I was trying to imagine our picks for the discussion that we're talking about today mm. um I was mm. hard pressed not to want to choose this this piece <laughs> uh, unfortunately it doesn't exist yet so I couldn't but uh, when it does it'll definitely be taking it taking uh, its place <laughs> it, it'll make your list so that, that that's a great segue I, w- I do want to ask you one question before before we before we segue I'm sorry to, to interrupt the flow you introduced so seamlessly here um this is a question it, th- this is a question um I guess this is perhaps a legal question, so you may not be at liberty to answer this, but have you submitted a cease and desist to Christopher Ward, specifically to Mike and Jorg over there for stealing your domed sapphire bezel <laughs> idea? It was something that occurred to me. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, the the paperwork is in the post. <laughs> Fair enough. No, no, not, not, not at all, not at all, obviously. Um, I, I, I actually loved it. I loved when I saw the, um, this is another tricky one to pronounce, the aqua, Aquitaine? I think Aquitaine, Aquitaine, yeah. Aquitaine, I think is how much yeah. said it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, what Christopher Ward are doing is nothing short of fantastic. And, and I mean that across the range, not just exclusively the Aquitaine. Um, their, their, their timepieces that they're putting out, the the brain behind the kind of the business. Um, yeah, Mike France, what, what a guy. I mean, what a guy. I, w- I wish I could speak half as eloquently as he can um, and maybe give me an, another kind of couple of decades in the industry. I, I'll... I'll get there, but until then, I'm I'm nothing short of awe of Clem, of of Christopher Ward and the work that they're doing. And the Aquitaine is is a is a fantastic timepiece. Um, and you know they they're in their price point. They're they're kind of multiples above yeah. the Photic. So yeah, I feel two, like two we're, times we're, easily. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty happy that to see the Aquitaine and its success, and to be able to offer something with a similar aesthetic. Um, at a, at a slightly lower, more accessible price point. So with that, we forgive your interruption, Everett. I'm sorry, excuse me. We're going to dive into our other topic tonight. Our other topic, a second topic. We, we, we're squeezing stuff in. We're, we're doing a double. And sir, if you don't mind, because this is, this is your brainchild, 
Let's hear it. What are we talking about watches tonight? <laughs> uh, okay, yes. So I thought tonight it'd be fun to talk about a bit of a fantasy situation. So it's yeah. the idea of a go back. Oh. Right? <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, you you know we don't always ask our guests to come up with fun topics, and so I felt a little bit bad about asking you to come up with the topic. But then I was like, no, this is perfect. This is perfect. We've got Tom Clements on the show, and we're making him come up with our topic for the week. It makes it so much easier for us. <laughs> I know. We're, so we appreciate you, Tom. Uh, uh, g- give give us give us the give us the skinny. What 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 do, what do we have to do for this for this task? So the, we the, have the not bag. prepared at all, by the way. So we're going to be totally <laughs> on the fly. That's okay. We 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 can be there together. Um, the go bag, yeah. It's you know for for those that don't know, it's you know, the go bag is also known as a bug out bag. It's it's what you it's what you grab and go in a in a spontaneous moment where you have to leave the house, leave your place of shelter. Um, you could be going on a surprise trip. You might be in a post-apocalyptic scenario and you've got to evacuate um it could be anything really and the go bag is full of all the essentials that you will need to survive and flourish in whatever that scenario may be so we thought today it'd be fun to talk about several watches that would be either in our go bag or perhaps already on the wrist and several items as well that we'd essentially have to have included within our go bags yeah, that that's it. That's my understanding of the show. And this isn't the entire go bag. This is just like the you know some some thinking points, maybe some jumping off. Whoa, that was a weird burp. Are you gonna be okay? It was like it was like a breath. That was interesting. Uh, just some things, some some watch and normal things that you need to have in your go bag. Yeah, watches and other things that we like. Yeah, all in one. Well, Tom, this is your segment, so I'm going to ask the question of you with a certain amount of authority. Do you mind if I lead lead us off? I'm not going to ask Andrew what he thinks. <laughs> Please do. Okay, so I so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna provide some context. This question sounded to me like a we discussed this a little bit, but in my mind, I was like, I'm going with the sort of post-apocalyptic or present apocalyptic scenario some shit happened i'm gonna leave my house with the backpack on my bag my the backpack on my back that's the the, one the backpack on my back and i may who knows when i'm gonna be back in a place where i'm comfortable so i've picked five items i've picked five items only two of the items are watches Okay, but I've thought out these things carefully, and, and the idea here is I'm going to be wearing these watches for I don't know, who maybe who knows ever. how long, eighteen months, twenty fourth, seven years, who knows? I mean, The Walking Dead is in season what eleven? I know you could be. This yeah, we're, could be serious. So, yeah, pretty accurate documentary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start with one. This is the easy one. I. I just I have a feeling that this watch is going to get repeated by somebody else tonight, so I'm going to start here. I'm not going to spend a long time on it, but a Casio G-Shock GWM fifty six ten watch. Now this watch is radio controlled, 
right? Mm-hmm. So, so the timing is based on radio, which may or may not be applicable in this scenario. We don't know. We don't know that this is maybe the radio control might not work. However, it's solar powered. It is durable, famously shock resistant, uh, water resistant. Um, this watch is a tank, right? We, we don't. I don't. We don't need to say much else about this. Watch. And it's going to run forever. It's solar powered. Yeah. And it, it, at some point, time of day will no longer matter. The bracelet's going to decay. The strap is going to decay before the watch, practically speaking, will stop working. Probably. And, and at that point, you will already be dead. So the other. So and 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 it does all the things, right? It's got a chronograph. The other watch I've decided to bring, because who knows, right? Who knows what happens? EMP, maybe, maybe this is an escape from New York situation. Uh, it could be, it could be that this watch stops working. So I'm going to bring a second watch with similar capabilities, and I quickly determined that I wanted a mechanical watch. Yep. Because I'm sort of I'm covering the bases here. I wanted a mechanical watch. I wanted it to have a chronograph because that seems like of all the tools, that is the most useful tool. I wanted it to have a significant amount of water resistance and durability. And I wanted that movement to be tried and true, to be a runner, to be low maintenance if not zero maintenance, because in this situation, I'm not going to be able to maintain this thing. Something that's going to run, be reliable, and just go, go, go. So I, I decided what I need is a 7750. Okay. I need 200 meters of water resistance. And because it's a chronograph, I also want to have screw down pushers. Whew, that's a tall order. I found... That's the a hard, watch. That's a hard filter category, right? I found that. Yes, yeah. that's right. I found the watch. It is a Zin 103. Now they make they make these both with screw down pushers and without. We're going to specify the screw down pusher. They Zin has put their own chronograph movement in these in the last several years. However, just a few years ago, they were selling these with a 7750, an Eta or Valju 7750 movement. One of the yeah. The most famous movements of all time. And we famously have a whole episode dedicated to that. That's right. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, a Zen. So I'm going to have a GWM 5610 and a Zen 103. Okay. Those are those are my watches. Screw down pushers on a bracelet. I'm going to have this thing on a bracelet. That's the right choice. Those are my watches. Those are my apocalypse watches. 2000 bucks or so for that. That's a lot of money. But for a mechanical automatic chronograph man you're kind of getting that at a deal yeah that's right plus it's, plus it's the last watch you'll ever buy right in the, the in the apocalypse i think that's right <laughs> it's literally the last watch yeah. i love so um there is a buy it now option on this ebay that you sent me <laughs> so with that said that i don't need watches but i have two of them i do need a few things and i have i'm i'm a man who needs certain things in my life i need underwear i need socks and I need a blankie. Yeah. And those are the things that I've picked. So Just like all of our kids. I, so I picked the ex officio. I can't remember what they call these. Give and go. Yeah, the which, give and goes. Which I'm not 100% sure on <laughs> why. 
so these is there are a back, is there a fly in the rear? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, I, I own several pair of these. This is the the underwear that I use for hiking. Uh, they dry incredibly quickly. So you wear them, you wash them, you hang the extra pair on your backpack. Uh, if you've ever tried to do a thing um, where where you were not going to be able to shower for a few days, I recommend having some quick dry underwear so that you can change every day. And these are the shit, man. I think that this is, they're fantastic. They're comfortable. They're low impact seams. You you change them every day when you're wearing synthetics like this? A hundred percent. Oh man. I, uh, I just rinse them. Like I, I rip them inside out. I, I rinse them and scrub them and then I wear them dry. You're disgusting. That's not what? So I'm going to have two pair of those. I link in the show notes. I'm going to have two pair of Smartwell PhD outdoor light socks exactly the same thing but sock form um it, there's a number of socks that will meet this i like these because they're lightweight so you don't get too sweaty they dry really quickly they're smart wool so they're going to be relatively relatively durable um they're it's a wool nylon blend so they don't get too hot they don't get they they're they're warm enough fantastic socks and then finally, I am going to get a whoopee and put it in my go bag. That if it's the right choice. If you don't know what a whoopee is, it's because you didn't serve in the military. But a whoopee is, these things are pretty terrible. It's a standard issue military item. It's actually a poncho liner. So they've got a hole in the middle and sometimes they come with a hood. I have not gone with a surplus whoopee. I've gone with a whoopee from a company called zero foxtrot um and and i've picked this because it's affordable 40 bucks nobody wants to pay 180 bucks for a poncho liner although people do and there's several of these that are in the market this is a 40 dollar they're polyester they dry pretty quickly they're packable uh i want to have clean underwear clean socks and a blanket if i'm stuck in the middle of nowhere and is in 103 my um my Whoopi that has been with me since 2011. Isn't an issued Whoopi? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I I paid the army to keep it. <laughs> I was like, no, that's mine. I'm, I'm bringing that with me. My ballistic Whoopi. Mm. Mm-hmm. You, you hear the air raid siren go off or like the incoming siren go off. You just pull it over your head and like, I'll be fine. Yeah. Right. Yep. That's still with me. That goes everywhere. Yeah. I, that thing travels. They're fantastic. Yep. They're fantastic. They're, and they're so so shockingly warm. They're warm. Yep. That's but right. Not all at the same. It's a it's a bizarro thing. That was annoying. Who's next? I want Tom to 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 back clean up on this one. So I'm gonna go next. So I took a I took a similar approach in the way of the the kinds of watches. So I went with a battery, a solar, and an automatic. Okay. My battery, because I wanted watches that were just not bullshit, that were going to live in whatever stupid environment I was suddenly forced to exist in. First up, the ProTrek PRG340T7. And it's a ProTrek, right? It's an ABC. It's got all the things you want. 10-year battery life. It's 60 millimeters. It's enormous. Yeah. It's indestructible. This is I a, actually I actually heard Clemens is making a ProTrek 
homage. I heard that as, same thing. As their next watch. So this is a resin case with a titanium bracelet. Titanium bracelet was important to me. Mm-hmm. And this, we're going to continue that. So we've got our battery powered. And supposing this is some kind of EMT environment, you know, this is out the window. But, you know, it was at least a valiant effort. Next up, a G-Shock Tough Solar GWM 5610. Because you got to have a solar-powered watch. And I didn't want to go EcoDrive because I wanted digital. I wanted... Uh, it, that was my choice, right? I wanted a digital solar as opposed to any of the EcoDrive or other tough solar options. It's the, the right decision. Um, <clears throat> we're not going to continue talking about it. Last up, the Pelagos 39. Never heard of it. It's not important. It's kind of a forgettable watch made by Tudor. Some people <laughs> thought it was kind of exciting. It's not. It, so what, what I wanted out of this was an automatic movement in titanium that was the important that was what i wanted was a durable metal that was going to be able to survive the apocalypse water resistant and functional yeah no it's a it's a tool watch there's nothing particularly special or unique about it but for the fact that it's sort of the tool watch that exists i think i think that's a good lineup andrew that's those are the my end of the world watches we've got a battery which is going to last 10 years a solar which is going to last longer than that and a peli 39 that's going to last even longer and be really cool also be really cool you're going to be the coolest guy in the apocalypse probably now I, i i have two things that i think are oft forgotten overlooked perhaps I, I like that i like that approach the the overlooked go bag items i, I think mine are overlooked go bag items they too, are 100 percent overlooked go bag items. underwear and socks because you people are like i'm already wearing them like well you're wearing those <laughs> you're wearing those costco fucking briefs yeah. which i'm sure are great yeah first up a rain jacket mm, like a shell like a shell yeah and 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 i can't i finally in the last two years bought like a, a good expensive mm-hmm. just rain shell and everyone has the trash bag rain jacket right you put it on because it's pissing rain and you're wet on the outside because it's pissing rain and then you're drenched in sweat on the inside because you're living inside of a trash bag yeah my rain jacket and and you know the, any outdoor brand, like true outdoor pursuit brand is going to have some kind of equivalent. My choice is the First Light Vapor Storm Tight Ultralight. Yeah, what's the price on this? 250 bucks. Yeah, I think that the, I mean, I think that the good rain shells are That's started it. about 180 to about 300 to yeah. get like a really high quality breathable shell. And you start getting north of that and then you're just paying for the label. Yeah. Or, but, or some function that you don't need. It, yeah. And this is terrific. This is my go-to rain shell. I've worn it under waders. I've worn it mm-hmm. over... Like, that. this is my rain shell. I don't get sweaty, mm-hmm. and I don't get wet. Yeah. It's it's not... Uh, it's not um, welded seams, but they have the double layer construction that prevents permeation mm-hmm. through it. I, I have a lot of First Light stuff. Uh, 
and this is my absolute favorite go-to because it keeps you dry. Being wet is the worst. Mm -hmm. There is no better way to ruin an experience than by being wet. What else you got? Unless you're in the water, and then you should be wet. Next up, water bottle. Mm. With an important feature. It's got a filter in it. It is the Life Straw Go, one liter, coming in at forty-five bucks. And it, 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 if you're not familiar with Life Straw, they do an entire line of water filtration technologies. This water bottle is designed to be dunked in whatever body of water you are drinking from. The lid removes, so you don't you don't contaminate your straw. You dunk your water bottle in. You screw your lid back on. All the water that you consume comes through the filter that is built into the underside of the lid. So everything you're drinking out of that water bottle is being filtered. They do sell replacement filters because you should replace your water filters because at some point they're not to be effective. They're not doing it anymore. Or they're not, or they get blocked. Yeah, Yeah, they're gonna get blocked. So you're gonna get Giardia or you're not gonna be able to drink water. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's it. Those are two it's like things. An in, it's like an inline water heater, though, right? It's active. It's, you, you, yeah. You're not taking the time. Because I'm a Sawyer Squeeze guy, but you, that does create... There is a, a process that you have to do. And I'm a, I'm a Sawyer... Or I have the mini filter yeah. that fits perfectly onto uh, a smart, smart smart water. Yeah. And I have a smart an empty liter smart water bottle in my pack marked with Sharpie, poison, don't drink from. And I fill that up as I go. And then I... Just yeah. Plug my filter, screw my filter onto it, squirt it in my water bottle, and I'm good to go. But this is an inline. Everything happens inside your water bottle. It's a full liter, and that is, I, I think, probably the most appropriate size for a water bottle. Like uh, 32 to 40 ounces is kind of... I like it. Between the two of us, we're going to have water. We're going to have a rain shell, underwear, and, and socks. And, and we each have a pair of undies because you brought two. <laughs> Tom, what do you got? Oh, uh, some some good picks, guys. Uh, and I think hopefully that my uh, my picks will also complement yours. So together, one of us will survive <laughs> this this post-apocalyptic <laughs> scenario. As, as each of us dies, we all just accumulate better stuff, <laughs> and we'll get some protein and watches. Absolutely. <laughs> Most importantly, watches. Yeah. Um, so I took a slightly different tact for my first two picks. Um, so in my kind of go bag, I'm imagining that instead of an apocalypse, I'm just Got a text, got a phone call, and I'm spontaneously off to go and meet up with a with a group of friends. This sounds like um, it's going to be more fun. Way more fun. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Um, so watch pick. I'm going for the photic diver in our new colorway, Kelp. Uh, so as I said, this is a colorway that I created because it was wildly popular when we were initially designing the photic and also it was something that I really, really wanted to make for myself. And so I haven't been able to wear this watch out and about yet. And I just can't wait to get it on the wrist, quite frankly. So that's what I'm wearing when I'm going to meet up with my pals. Um, second item is something else that's actually not even going to go into the go bag. It's just something I'm going to just quickly pop on. Uh, my boots. I'm a boot guy. I wear boots pretty much year round unless it's exceptionally hot uh, and in which case I'll transfer to a pair of kind of Birkenstocks or something like that but I moved from England to Scotland where it's colder and that means more boots Um, so 
Blundstones are my pick. Oh yeah, good choice. Have you, have you guys? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so at first, I, I hadn't heard about Blundstones until Australian about company, right? Two years ago. That's right. Yeah. Um, and I think it was actually Jason Heaton who put me onto them uh, when I was listening to an episode of uh, TGN. That uh, tracks. The, the only, <laughs> the only other podcast I, the only other routine uh, podcast I listen to, um, and uh, yeah, man, I. I picked these up after Jason and James were talking about them and man, I love them. I, I've my other kind of go-to boots, a pair of red wings, but they're heavy. You know, I love them so much, but they're just so heavy. And these Blundstones are amazing. They're light, they're comfortable. You can wear them rain, shine, whatever. If you're kind of going for a walk on the beach, out in town, going to bars, wherever you are, they'll fit in. Um, and uh, yeah. I just What's your Blundstone pick? Uh, it's the 585s in, I think the color is called rustic brown. Uh, they've, they kind of come pre-distressed, um, and they've got a really good look to them. And I tend to just kind of top them off with a, with a layer of mink oil kind of once or twice a season. In fact, I gave them a quick oil just earlier this week. Um, and, uh, they kind of just drank it up cause they were thirsty. Um, and they're looking, <laughs> they're looking good. So, and they have that That's sort it. of, uh, mm-hmm. they have that sort of like outdoor um, Chelsea look, right? So they they transition from their work the, Chelseas, yeah, from the yeah from the field to the bar particularly well. Exactly, yeah. Work Chelseas is a perfect description for them. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm not a kind of particularly uh, fancy guy, shall we say? I don't have many dress shoes in my wardrobe, um, uh, but I wanted something that I could wear into the office on kind of a smart casual basis but also as i said you know go for a walk on the beach or along some tracks in so when i picked up these blundstones i kind of learned a bit more about the history of them i think blundstone have been going since the 1860s or something ridiculous like that uh, an australian based company and i think they they made boots for the australian army in 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 various world wars and this design has pretty well been unchanged since oh god i don't know since before I was kicking around, that's for sure. Um, I think it's kind think, of the iconic Blundstone too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 It's it's the go-to. Um, uh, and yeah, they're they're just great. I love them. So that's my kind of first scenario. They're my first two picks. Exactly. How much guano is on a pair of those boots? <laughs> no, no zero guano. Uh, yeah, keeping them keeping them kind of in tip-top nick. You don't step in. Bat dookie when you're working? <laughs> I, I I do. I okay. do from time to time, but I I don't wear my blundstones for that. We uh <laughs> okay. we, we have steel toe caps for uh okay. for that that. work. <laughs> um yeah, so mo- moving on to kind of the, the second scenario, I guess I've kind of <clears throat> divvied this up. So first, light and bright, breezy, meeting up with pals, going for a drink, walk, going for a walk, whatever. Uh, second scenario is um, those plans get cancelled and I'm having a spontaneous weekend out in the Highlands. Kind of that's when I've got a free weekend and I'm not kind of ha- having social social plans or anything like that. That's that's where I head. I get out in my car, I drive for a couple of hours and, I, and I'm in the, the Scottish Highlands, which if you haven't been, you should definitely come. It's amazing. One of the most fantastic landscapes I've ever experienced, certainly in the UK. Um, Watch-wise, I'm imagining that I'm taking, I, I'm imagining that I've been very prepared and also have more resources 
uh, in my bank account than I necessarily do. And I own a <laughs> vintage, <laughs> a vintage Rolex Explorer that I have asked my good friend Raphael from Horology Him to restore and completely service to make sure it's in tip top condition, of course. watertight, of course. taken away nicely. Uh, of course, this particular one would have a fantastically patina dial, uh, all the kind of all the extra bits that make make a vintage explorer uh, mellowed mellowed in the sun (laughs) exactly exactly um and i'd have that on on metal bracelet that is the one yes yeah Yeah. that is that's the i'll take that i'll take that one yeah Yeah, there's a buy it now (laughs) option for that it's twenty one thousand dollars yeah sign me up sign me up in this in this fictitious scenario, yeah. I've got unlimited funds, so let's go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with with my vintage Explorer on the wrist, uh, I'm in my car driving up to the Highlands, and inevitably the weather closes in, and I need something to keep me warm, dry. Uh, and again, if you've experienced Highlands weather, you tend to get at least three seasons in a day. So normally that's a bit of snow, bit of wind, bit of rain. And, and if you're lucky, a bit of sun. Um, and so this jacket for me kind of ticks all those boxes. It becomes really difficult to dress <laughs> appropriately for when you're hiking and mountain climbing in the highlands. But the Fuhrerraven Keb jacket is my go-to. Um, this is a jacket, much like a good pair of boots. If you take care of it, it'll take care of you. Um, it's got some kind of technical fabrics, but the major wear points are thick, heavyweight, G1000 cotton, which is, or can be waxed. So first thing I did when I got this jacket, I waxed that cloth using the Fuhrerraven kind of own brand G1000 wax. And it hasn't let me down to date. You know, I've worn this jacket whilst skiing in the Alps. I've worn it whilst hiking and climbing mountains in the highlands. I've worn it in snowstorms, rainstorms, high winds, sun, you name it. It's been there. And, you know, this this jacket kind of keeps you protected from the worst of the elements. And the best part about it, the best part about it is the ridiculous hood. Uh, so, you, you know, South Park, Kenny, mm-hmm. uh, the guy with the, the, the crazy big hood. Um, right. Because he always be dying. This, this <laughs> that is what this hood is like. It's amazing. It's, it's kind of, it has a rim that you can fold back for when you're not wanting to look like a crazy person but when you fold it forwards it creates about half a foot of kind of internal cocoon where your face is completely protected from the elements your field of view is significantly narrowed but no matter how high the wind how how harsh the snow or the rain you're protected and you're kind of in this safe space to kind of carry on on your adventure so that's my second pick Love a Fuhrerraven kept jacket. Yeah, those those look nice. They they are outside of our of our pre before we knew your picks. We said 180 to 250 is the sweet spot. This is a little higher than that, but I assume you're getting build quality. Fuhrerraven, obviously, fantastic company. I think in the last handful of years has been prone to making fast fashion. However, mm-hmm. like many companies, they continue to make serious items. They've got their core shit. That's They've still got working, their core yeah. shit that's that's still really incredible. And their fast fashion stuff is still pretty cool. That's right. Yeah. I mean, Fu- Fuhrerraven is a, um, 
it's an interesting brand and it's and it's got a long standing history of kind of being associated with um adventurers and, and, and explorers from kind of the, the, the Nordic countries. Um and yes, I think they they have been associated maybe in, in more recent years with some of their kind of more fashion forward pieces, shall we say. Um but they've always retained that core of technically excellent hard wearing and also ethically sourced and produced. Right. Um, products so these are all um the keb jackets are kind of fluorocarbon free so they don't re- rely upon upon these kind of toxic chemicals um for their waterproofing um and yeah they're they're made to last you know they're, they're high quality pieces and you, you do pay a premium for that sometimes and but you know buy once cry once um i don't think i'm gonna have to replace this jacket for a good 10 years so many I think, many years and, many many rains and, and you probably won't get the chance to when the world ends yeah so that's you, right so you need something <laughs> that's really gonna last yeah yeah exactly yeah so so when i hopscotch from my weekend in the highlands to to your post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic scenario um i'll be pleased if i've got the kept jacket on my back <laughs> so last pick is um it's a pocket knife um, so I feel like, you know, I was actually kind of surprised that you guys haven't picked one of these just yet. So I'm, I'm pleased that I'm the only one choosing a pocket knife for the episode. Um, and I've got one of these pieces. It's right here. Um, it's just a little kind of, I guess you'd call it, a, I don't like the term, but you'd call it a, a gentleman's pocket knife. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is made by a chap called Michael May in Sheffield, England, uh, which if you don't know it is a kind of medium-sized city uh it's got some strong industrial ties with the kind of made famous by the cut cutlery business um silver and steelware uh, kind of in the industrial revolution uh unfortunately that kind of industry well fortunately unfortunately depending on how you look at it that industry's faded away now um and there's a handful of artisans who are trying to kind of hold on to the old ways of doing things right and michael may is one of those guys he makes bespoke handmade pocket knives uh, and this particular one has got a Damascus steel blade that was actually forged in Sheffield so it's all kind of locally sourced they kind of they, they really go to the next step of trying to keep things um, local minimizing their impact whilst also providing a an item that's going to last way longer than i will that's for sure that, that um, appears to be like uh he, he's using shape blade is is that right yeah that's yeah. right yeah so this is a, a traditional traditional kind of uh i guess it's a british shaped blade uh it's called a lamb's foot blade yeah. um and the design behind these they, they've got kind of a a curved down end to them yeah um, and, unlike most kind of popular like, and, and a real like that. and a real flat cutting surface that's right. That's right. Yeah. So these were originally used and, and, and designed for use by, uh, by farmers, you know, they're, yeah. they're working knives. Um, the reason they're called lamb's foot is because the straight kind of utility blade was very good at, um, looking after the hooves of, of, of livestock. So sheep yeah. and, and things like that, making sure that their hooves were in good condition. Uh, and, and more importantly, perhaps also that curved end mentioned that they, they slipped, they didn't accidentally kill or stab the the livestock in question. That's a good scooper. Yeah. yeah, And he uses Yorkshire oak for all of his handles, huh? Yeah. Or for not all, but most of them as I'm seeing it, yeah. You can you can pick different materials and yeah, this this one is actually made from from Yorkshire oak. Um 
and uh, it's got a, a nicely kind of finished spine to the blade as well. I don't know if you can. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, it's gorgeous. Kind of hand filed. It's a, it's a fantastic piece, and you know, I've I've got other, I've got I've got Leatherman things like that, and maybe in a post-apocalyptic scenario, I'm taking the Leatherman with me, but for a, a quick kind of run in the highlands um when you just need a, a simple blade to kind of take care of whatever it might be cutting piece of rope or string or is, whatever this is this is what i take is that a slip joint or is it a locking blade uh yeah no it's it's not locking it just kind of fo- yeah. it's just a folding standard folding knife. You, you know it's similar to a, a a knife uh much much nicer but similar to a knife we've talked on the show my daily my my everyday carry knife is a a uh a knife that's made still by people with by hand in the United States, uh, a company called case, uh, which is a very, very old cutlery company. Uh, but the, a, 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 a knife called the Sodbuster. uh, I particularly carry the Sodbuster junior because it's, it's a little bit shorter, but same, same sort of attitude, uh, a, a different, you know, I think you can pick up a Sodbuster on Amazon for like 35 bucks, but, uh, same kind of aesthetic and and feel to it, right? The, the different different blade style, but a, a similar idea. So yeah, I, I appreciate that knife, and it, that looks gorgeous. And I'm a little jealous of it. I'm gonna get one of his knives. <laughs> <laughs> the the his Nakiri Damascus steel, mm. 170 pounds. Which I don't know what that translates to dollars. I imagine that's like two hundred ten bucks ish, probably. Yeah, yeah. two hundred bucks with a yeah, Yorkshire, like Yorkshire oak handle. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah, he does some good shit, man. You've done something to me now. That's a <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> well, so we we now have multiple rain jackets. We've got a cutting implement. We've got some boots, socks, underwear. And a blanket. We're gonna be fine, you guys. And all and and lots of pretty good watches too. Yeah, I think we've got it. Yeah, I think we, we're gonna be just fine. We're gonna make it. Or at least <laughs> the last of us uh, is gonna be just fine. Um, Tom, once again, thank you for coming on our show. Well, hang on. Tom has an actual other thing. Oh, oh my goodness. So we did do a bit of a an extended other things segment, but you're right, Tom, I know you per our prior instructions came armed with another thing. So for the first time ever, Tom, I guess the second time, uh, other things, what do you, what do you got? That's not, uh, go bag related. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Okay. So my, my other, other thing, I guess, uh, is, barefoot running shoes so have you are you guys do you guys know like what i what i mean when i talk about that because when i when i talk about them more often than not people think i'm talking about five-fingered or five-toed like foot gloves yeah is that like maybe the most sort of prevalent type of barefoot running shoe but yeah i do know what you're talking talking about straight lower structure zero drop um or or you know very low profile running shoes that's it. That's it. Yeah. So, so no, no weird foot gloves. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, yeah, low structure, minimal, ultralight running shoes or hiking shoes or just everyday shoes. Um, so barefoot running shoes 
is, is, is what I wear when, whenever I go for runs and, and they've got a kind of a three to five mil thick sole and their intention is just really to protect you from the nasties that you might encounter when you're running on, on bare roads or, sharp or any, objects, glass. any surface. Yeah. Um, rocks. Yeah. The rocks are, are a big one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so kind of five or six years ago, I, I kind of went through an unfortunate series of pretty kind of, for me at least, uh, pretty bad injuries uh, through kind of screwed up my knee. And then after my knee healed, I screwed up my back, prolapsed a disc and basically took me out for about two years. And And those injuries, I don't think were any, I don't think they were a coincidence. I think they're a symptom of me being a really active person, but also during my day job, being pretty sedentary, um, spending at least 50% of my time sat at a desk. And, and what that meant is that my muscles that kind of you develop as you're growing up and when you're younger and maybe a bit more active, uh, they begin to kind of just wither and die. Mm. <laughs> and it's those little muscles that keep everything in our bodies held together tightly and working in unison. Um, and I was kind of searching for an answer, you know, why do I keep on injuring myself? What can I do to to prevent injury and 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 how can I start to enjoy exercise again without without risk of screwing up my knees or back or or whatever? Um, and that's when I kind of stumbled upon barefoot running shoes or just barefoot shoes. Um, a particular company uh, in the UK is called uh, Vivo Barefoot. I don't know if you if you guys are familiar, but um, mm-hmm. they're uh, they're kind of probably the biggest name in the game, certainly in in the UK. I'm sure there are others worldwide, but got myself a pair of Vivos and uh, just haven't looked back. You know, we're everybody, myself included, and this is certainly at least why I think I, I kept on injuring myself. Um, we walk around in these chunky shoes, these chunky boots, um, maybe Blundstones, maybe not, I don't know. <laughs> that kind of destroy our kinetic chain. Um, so if you imagine when you walk, just imagine walking normally, you're walking heel down, then toe, yeah? Heel toe, heel toe. Hmm. But if you were to take off your shoes, if you were to go and run across your your hallway, across your garden, across the beach, you're running toe heel, right? That's how we've evolved to run. That's how our bodies are meant to move. And by wearing modern shoes, by wearing modern running shoes, we're completely destroying thousands and millions of years of evolution to create the perfect kinetic chain. And so all that impact when we run heel toe, that heel impact is going straight through our, up our leg, through our knee, screwed my knee up, into our hips, and then into our back, and even into our necks. You know, it's kind of crazy. Um, And so, yeah, kind of three years ago, I made the transition to barefoot shoes for all of my running. And for some of my kind of just, you know, casual jaunting around wherever I may be. Um, and yeah, never looked back. They're absolutely fantastic pieces of kit that will provide not only strength benefits to your feet in six months, you can increase the strength of your foot by 60%, which is just bonkers. Like you, you don't think about your foot as needing to be strong, but of course it does. Um, that's why we get flat feet because our feet are weak. Um, not only that, but by having these thin soles, when we move through the terrain, we're actually triggering sensors in our feet that aren't normally triggered when we wear our chunky boots or chunky shoes. We're triggering these kind of 
feelings in our feet. And what that means is that our brains are more active, different parts of our brains are more active and it can help fight off, de deter degenerative brain diseases such as dementia. They're, they are just, you know, it, there's a thousand and one things we can all do to improve our health. And for me, at least, barefoot running shoes has been a huge one of them. And I just love them and I'd advocate them to anybody that's interested. Very cool. Mm. Very cool. And and you haven't had any sort of um, overuse injuries or whatever as a result? No. So, I mean, what, what one of the big things with barefoot shoes is is they really strongly advise that you quite literally walk before you can run. Yeah. Um, so try them out, wear them, walk in them for a couple of months and then gradually build up to running distance. So, yeah. you know, start with just a short run, uh, and then and then a walk, so maybe like a couple of kilometers. And then from there, you, you can build up and you will find, certainly I do at least, um, that I can't necessarily cover the same distances that I could in regular running shoes. Hmm. But that's because I'm using all of these muscles in my You're feet that I never harder. used before. Yeah, all of these muscles in my calves. God, my calves, man. They, <laughs> they absolutely killed when I first started using them. Um, and that was a wake-up call. Oh, I've never used these muscles before for running. That's weird. Mm -hmm. Well, very cool. Uh, I'm a, a, I'm a, like a Hoka wearer when I run. So almost exactly the opposite approach, but I, I think I'm a uh, Skechers, uh, fit wearer. Yeah. <laughs> like those are just, they're, I'm just constantly when, when you run the gym. Yeah. Yep. Tom, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. We did not even make a single Batman joke. I'm a little disappointed. I tried to squeeze one in. <laughs> I, I snuck in some Ace Ventura and the guano. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, so September 24th, this coming Saturday, three days after the release of this podcast. Two days. Two days after the release. Of, mm, that's not Tomorrow's how days the work. 22nd. The Photic Diver will be released to the whole entire world. Everyone. To the whole entire world. Which means you can start wearing them because you have them. Five different watches. <laughs> the the Clements, the Clements exclusive releases and the Horologium. Yep. Nailed it. The Horologium collaborations, multiple colors. We will have a link in the show notes to ClementsWatches.com. But you can also just in your... Uh, computer machine uh type in clementswatches.com also on instagram at clementswatches you can check out all the goodness that is clements and the photic diver be prepared for a pending field watch announcement we don't have a date yet and we won't push tom for one but it is coming it is coming andrew is there anything you want to add that's it i've done all the things you you did it all you really did a good job I know. Uh, Tom, before we go, is there anything you would like to add? Yeah, just, just one final thing. Um, yes, these watches are coming out on the 24th, September, 3 p.m., British summertime. And for anybody that is in London on that day and at that particular time, please come and check us out at World Time UK. We'll be there and it'll be fantastic to meet you. I don't think we can make that work. We're not going to. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're not, we're not gonna 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 make that. it. I'm sorry, Tom. That's okay. But for anybody who's international or online, we've got our virtual booth just for you. Yes. It's just for me, so you can't buy it. Hey, you guys. Uh, 
look, I just want to say I appreciate you guys being here for this episode of 40 and 20, the watch clicker podcast. I want you to check out Clements at Clements watches on Instagram, ClementsWatches.com, but also check us out. Check us, check out our website, watchclicker.com slash 40 and 20. You can check us out on Instagram at watchclicker at 40 and 20. If you want to support us and look, we, we really hope you do. We need, we need money for, for hosting and those sorts of things. And we are able to keep this going with very little impact to our wives by way of the support we receive on patreon.com slash 40 and 20. It really does keep us going. And for all of you who are already patrons, we appreciate you. We do. And I guess don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour and some minutes of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. <laughs>